Hello and welcome to Be an Awesome GP. Now part of being an awesome GP is getting through med school and internship, where many of us enjoy a good cup of coffee. But how much is too much? Today we are joined by Ms Kitty Pham, a researcher from the University of South Australia, and we're going to be talking about coffee. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. So, Kitty, I was really excited to get you on because I had a look at the coffee guidelines a while back and I found them not as not as strict as I would have liked. I, I couldn't find a firm guideline in a lot of places. Can you tell us a bit about your research and what it showed? Yeah, of course. So we looked at coffee consumption in quite a large group of people, so about 300,000 people, um, and we found that high coffee consumption was associated with smaller brain volumes um, as well as increased risk of dementia. So you're looking at in that greater than six cups per day range, you were getting a 53% increase in dementia risk. Um, we looked at stroke as well, but we didn't find any evidence um, for that association. So from your research, what would you say is a safe amount to drink? Because I saw there was some interesting data there on non-linear relationships with decaf and non-coffee drinkers. Yeah, look, that, I think that's a million-dollar question. And like you said, it is very varied out there with the guidelines and there is kind of a lot of research to sift through a lot of the time. Um, when I had a look, I sort of found, you know, the FDA um, recommends about 400 milligrams a day and I saw that in a couple of other Australian guidelines as well. So that's looking at maybe two to four cups, depending on sort of what you're drinking and how much caffeine it has. Um, it's generally in line with what we found, um, but we like to really recommend moderation. So that one to two cup range is probably where all the research kind of agrees that it is safe. Um, when you're getting sort of towards that higher, you know, four, five, six, we'd definitely be recommending that you, you know, hold off on that cup. Okay, because I, I think, you know, on a night shift, I would probably have hit that threshold and that was not a long-term thing. But in terms of a cup, it's sometimes hard for even us to measure uh, what, what a standard amount of milligrams of caffeine is. Can you give our listeners just a brief idea of, you know, what is a standard cup, I guess? Yeah, of course. Um, so in our study in particular, um, that was one of the weaknesses. So we couldn't define exactly what a cup was because people were self-reporting what they were drinking. So it was a bit varied. Um, you do find with these really large cohorts and large databases that because there's so many people, it kind of averages out. Um, so that that's good. Um, I'd say usually a standard cup would be one shot of like coffee. So about, you know, 100, 150 milligrams. And can we drill down into the harms you sort of found at that higher end? Because I saw some really interesting numbers on the increased risk of things like uh, stroke and dementia, which everyone's very concerned with longevity and having the highest quality of life. Can we talk a little more about that? Yeah, of course. So we, we, we found that association with yeah, high coffee consumption and increased risk of dementia. Um, and there's some sort of other genetic studies that also back that up as well. Um, I think there, there are a lot of other studies out there that make these big claims about the potential benefits. Um, and what's possibly dangerous is they don't even give an upper limit of what those benefits could be. So 
they basically make the recommendation that drinking coffee is good for you and there's no limit. And, you know, personally and based on what we've researched, um, I find that really harmful. So definitely I, we do think and the research suggests that there are harms at that higher range of consumption and we should really steer clear of that. Okay, so next million dollar question, do you drink coffee? And if so, what kind do you drink? I do, I do drink coffee. Okay. <laughs> um, look, personally, I love, I love a good long black, I love a French press. Um, there are certainly differences between the different kinds of coffee and how you brew it. Um, so coffee is not just caffeine. There's a substance in there called cafestol as well. And that's been well established to increase your serum, like LDL, your cholesterol. Um, and so that's associated, obviously, with um, cardiovascular risk. Um, if you filter your coffee, so you make sure that the grounds are removed, then the cafestol levels do decrease. So if you are worried about those risks, then it might be a good idea to choose something that's well filtered. So something through like a paper filter or a very fine filter. And I know there's some very wacky types of coffee out there. I think there's a particular brew of coffee that's involved with uh, putting the coffee beans through an animal and collecting it from their feces. So I mean, there, there are some there are some wacky variants out there certainly. Um, we talk a lot about principles and challenges on this show, and certainly you're very close to completing a PhD, which comes with its own massive pile of challenges. Are there any challenges you've encountered during your research career or in life in general that you've drawn principles from that really guide you in most days? Yeah, look, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I am at the sort of beginning of my career, so um, I haven't likely faced many of the challenges that maybe people who have researched a bit more have, but um, sort of in the short time I have been researching and really doing something that people are very interested in, something like coffee, um, like your diet and nutrition and lifestyle. Um, I find that both a blessing and a curse is that people are really interested. It's a great opportunity to share your research and it's great to see that impact, but you do have to be very careful about what you're putting out there and the sort of public health message that you deliver along with your research. Um, I think it's irresponsible to just put a research paper out there and kind of, you know, not communicate it well and not share it well um, because, yeah, a lot of the public wouldn't understand all of the research and what, what it means and how it can affect their lives. So, yeah, I think a general principle is to communicate well and to communicate well with the general public, not just other healthcare professionals or researchers. And that's a really great principle. I love that because a lot of what we do, both in general practice and in research now, is communication. Information is freely available. People can pull information from everywhere. And yeah. what I do and the value add I suppose I give to patients is I process and, and present the information in a nicely digestible packet. And I'm sure as someone who's doing a PhD, I don't have to tell you about that. But <laughs> I was really excited you were willing to come on the show because um, we do want accurate science communication. We do want people providing accurate and robust health information because it's really hard. There is a lot of people in the space, as you said, on social media and elsewhere promoting things with perhaps a less robust evidence base. Um, 
So it, it is a really good principle. In terms of what's on the horizon for you, when you finish the PhD, are you off for a holiday? Are you looking at something new or just carrying on with your day? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be very happy to press submit very soon. Um, I think it's a bit of a process afterwards. You have to um, wait for it to be examined and, you know, defend your thesis and everything. So I'll stick around for that. But definitely I would love a holiday once this is all over. Okay. So I think what we can take away from this is there are some concerns with coffee, particularly above six drinks a day. Uh, one to two drinks a day is probably okay in the studies, and most of us do drink around that one to two mark. Obviously, uh, there are specific patients who may require further analysis and individual management, but aiming for that one to two drinks a day is probably not bad. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about coffee-wise, research-wise, anything that's percolating for you? Um, no, I, I think you, yeah, you, you summarised it really well there. Um, I think another important thing is just to listen to your own body as well. Um, through this research, research has also found that um, we self-regulate a lot with coffee. So you might find that when you drink coffee, obviously you get that alertness, you might, your heart rate might speed up um, and that sort of thing. People who are more sensitive to coffee are going to feel those things more. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you feel that and coffee doesn't make you feel good or any other sort of food or lifestyle change doesn't make you feel good, a lot of the times it is your body self-regulating and telling you, you know, hey, you've hit your limit. So I think, yeah, it's, it's great and obviously for GPs as well to advocate that, you know, that self-regulation and that sort of um, being in tune with what your body tells you to. Okay. Well, look, it has been a pleasure chatting to you. I think that's a nice digestible bit of information now doctors can take away and our listeners. You do have to circulate to percolate, as a business guru once said, and I have had a great pleasure in talking to yourself. You have a lovely day and continue on the good work. Thank you. You too. Be an Awesome GP is targeted at general practitioners in the Australian context. It should not be taken as formal medical advice and you should consult your own clinician for any medical matters. Opinions are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily represent any organisations.